five teenagers are given the ability to transform into any animal they touch. Using this technology, they alone must fight a secret infiltration of Earth by a parasitic race of aliens known as the Yerks. They can't tell you who they are or where they are from, but we're here to tell you their story. This is the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition. Hello and welcome back to the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition, a weekly discussion of K.A. Applegate's sci-fi action series, The Animorphs. I am your host, Josh Gunderson, and I am joined by my Animorphs Edition co-host, Kevin Morey. This week, we are discussing, much to my chagrin, book 24, The Suspicion. And now Kevin's going to say a bunch of stuff. (laughs) So The Suspicion kicks off with Rachel and Cassie finding what they think is a toy spaceship stuck to the pipe where Cassie brilliantly hid the blue box, also known as the Escafil device. They think nothing of it and toss the toy in a donation pile and then head to the beach. Upon returning... A new toy is in the same spot, but this time it flies away from them, and the Animorphs decide to track down the original spaceship toy. While looking for the ship in Goodwill, it finds them first and opens fire. Turns out the tiny spaceships contain Helmicrons, a species that makes up for its tiny size with its massively annoying existence. The Eskfil device is a power source for them, and they'll stop at nothing to claim it as their own. The fight brings everyone back to the barn, where Tobias, Marco, and Cassie get shrunk down to the size of Helmicrons. Marco and Cassie go with the Helmicrons while Tobias stays with Rachel. It turns out the Helmicron females are in charge and force the males into subservient labor. Also, their captain is dead for some reason. Uh, The Helmicrons are aware of the Yerks and hate them, so Cassie and Marco pretend to be working with the Yerks to shift the Helmicrons' focus to Visor 3 to ruin his day. Even more wacky hijinks follow, and eventually Visor 3, a handful of his Yerks, and all the Animorphs except for Axe are shrunk down. Axe flies everyone to the gardens where the Animorphs acquire an anteater. Somehow morphing to the anteater brings them to normal size, and they use their anteater tongues to capture the Helmicrons. The Yerks, Helmicrons, and Animorphs all come to an agreement to unshrink everyone and go their separate ways. Marco and Cassie convince the male Helmicrons to stand up for themselves, and the book ends with the Helmicrons fighting and leaves the reader trying to process all five stages of grief at once. Let me tell y'all a story. (laughs) (laughs) A couple weeks ago, I I found a book on Amazon and I was like, ah, this looks worthy of my time. And I bought it and it showed up. And despite the fact that I've got a mountain of other books that I should have read first, I was like, I'm going to read this son of a bitch now. And I did. And I read it in about two days and I finished and I put it down on my coffee table and I, I all but screamed out loud. What the actual fuck? And I went to Amazon, and since it was within the return window, I returned the fucking book because that's how mad I was at it. Flash forward to today, when I sat down and read The Suspicion, and all but threw my fucking tablet out the window. <laughs> I was I was madder than when I first read Alan Fangor. <laughs> I, so I... I, I I, I also like so I, I read this in about an hour today because that's about how long it takes me to read me a standard for me to read. Wow. Words, a standard Animorphs book. And in that hour, I probably had to put it down two or three times to go onto the Internet and double check that we hadn't gotten to the ghost written books yet, because I could think of no other <laughs> explanation. <laughs> 
yeah for why this one not being ghost blows my mind (laughs) it's it's really funny this this one and then the the infamous starfish cover are the two that everyone hates and those two aren't ghost written and that is so funny to me i it it, i mean but then it kind of makes sense because the the very next book is ghost written so i feel like i also like reading this i'm like did did like K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant forget that they had a deadline coming up and like they were both in bed one night and simultaneously like their eyes shut open and they're like, fuck, this shit's due tomorrow. And they just <laughs> like they downed a 12 pack of Red Bull between the two of them and just powered through whatever the fuck this book was like that's that's the, and then like afterwards they're like, we can't do this anymore fucking ghostwriters from this point forward except for like <laughs> two books i just we're done that's all i could th- those are the thoughts going through my head as i i wrapped up and then like oh my i at least once a page like oh we're so tiny now like yeah i know you've mentioned it several <laughs> times it's got to make sure that he didn't forget it's like that it's like the two of them like had no idea what they were going to write. And then it was like writing an essay in, in college. We're like, I just got to fucking fill five pages. And I don't give a shit what it actually says. <laughs> like, Oh, I, that's yeah. Those are, those are all of my feelings towards like, I, uh, like they, they wanted to ruin Fister three's day. How about my day? My day was ruined. <laughs> Between the time I finish the book and the time that we're sitting down to record, I've just been angry. Like, there's nothing to say. I did, like, I had a, a moment where I was like, I identified uh, with Cassie and Rachel because it flashed me back to the other day because uh, they were, like, getting ready to with the Goodwill stuff. And they were both like, you know what? It's too nice to be doing this. Let's go to the beach. And I'm like, ah, that's what Kevin and I did the other day. We're like, it's too nice <laughs> to go to a movie. Let's go to Disney. And we did that. And it was fun. And I, I'm talking about that because I really have nothing to say about this book. Other than I have a question about early in the book when Rachel and Cassie are talking and, and Cassie in her head is like, oh, Rachel's like little Miss Pretty all the time. And Rachel was like, you know, you could wear better clothes than like jeans you found in the boys section at Walmart. You know, Ralph Lauren is for the outdoorsy types. And I... I'm not a a fashion person by any stretch of the imagination, but since when is Ralph Lauren for the outdoorsy types? So first of all, it's Ralph Lauren. I don't give a shit. Um, But I feel (laughs) like in the nineties, it wasn't necessarily outdoorsy, but I feel like they had, if it's the store I'm thinking of, I haven't really shopped there ever myself, but I feel like that was one of those stores that had like a, like an L.L. Bean kind of aesthetic to the the actual store itself and not so much the clothes? Uh, sure. Do you know, do you, does did that make any sense to you? Have you ever shopped at an L.L. Bean before? I, you know, coming from the, the Northeast where uh, everyone like just vomits L.L. Bean everywhere, I surprisingly have never been. I've seen a catalog, but I don't think, I are there L.L. Bean stores? I've never been to one. I guess is the moral of that story. The only one I've ever been to is the one at Tyson's Corner in Virginia. Sure. Um, I'm doing a little bit of Googling. It looks like they did have, like, I mean, it doesn't seem to be, like, their thing, but they had sportswear. 
and like hiking stuff like, I, uh, but again more of an aesthetic but anyways yeah no it, it is weird for from my experience it is weird for rachel to be like ah yes ralph lauren that's what you should that's where you should shop i i mean it, it was it was uh, there was a bunch of weird name drops in this like we got blockbuster got name dropped that was mm-hmm. that was a fun throwback because there's going to reach a point where no one knows what a blockbuster is though oddly enough now that i think about it i had a dream about blockbuster last night that just occurred to me why was i dreaming about blockbuster huh my brain's funny maybe it knew it knew this was coming and thought i was going to be angry <laughs> it was a warning uh because they like uh like the they play fast and loose with everything scientific in this book like the, the, like you mentioned it with like oh if we acquire this anteater will morph into an anteater because that is new DNA that has not been shrunk, whereas all this other... D- like, what the fuck? Huh? I mean, we play fast... Like, this isn't even hand-wavy. We're not even hand-wavy, like, how <laughs> DNA works. We're just flat-out like, ah, fuck it. Science reasons. Right. Well, and here's the question that gets asked on Reddit, like, every other week. So if you're here listening from Reddit, you'll know what I'm talking about. So... Now that they've been unshrunk at the end of the book, if one of them were to attempt morphing anteater, would they shrink down to a regular size? Or would they be like a gigantic earth-crushing creature? <laughs> you know, who the fuck knows? I, I'm, sure, I'm sure at no point in the rest of the series do they ever morph anteaters again. No, they don't. They they do not. Yeah. yeah. So irrelevant. And then uh, I, God, oh, we're 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 one sixteenth of an inch. We're what? Like the whole time, the whole time. And then they're like, we need to get even smaller. So they morph into flies. And apparently, by like, because they got shrunk to helmicron size. So that way, mm-hmm. uh, that means everything they do in terms of morphing is relative to that size of a helmicron. Right. I do not understand how they morphed into flies and suddenly they were so tiny that they could see individual cells. I'm I'm not a, a scientist, as we well know over the course of this podcast, but I feel like if I am normal size and morph into a fly, I am not tiny enough to fucking see cells. Your your logic doesn't make sense. You're so you're saying because somebody who, without being shrunk, shrinks down to a fly and lands on a human and can't see cells, it should be the same. But Helmicrons are significantly smaller. But their relative size. <laughs> You're not making all I any have. sense. <laughs> I feel like we're having the same conversation on two different planes right now because it, it it's making sense in my brain. I feel like I need a diagram <laughs> of some sort, and I I don't. So I give up. I'm just gonna give up. Yeah, that's because appara- apparently the the Helmicrons can can see. Like apparently, morphing energy radiates off of. This is uh, th- I, this again. Just well, that's not everyone. a foreign concept because we saw that in Megamorphs one with the Velik. We did, but they were it, it it was able to sense when they were morphing. But the Helmicrons mm-hmm. are like, ah, we can see that energy around you. They can see somebody. Who has the morphing ability? Not just because mm-hmm. they're morphing, they just can sense that they have it, and that feels a bit sh- shenanigan-y. 
to me because I feel like if that was a thing that existed, the Yerks would have worked very hard to develop the technology to be able to spot that energy. I mean, the Yerks just might not know. Remember, morphing technology is still pretty new in the grand scheme of things. I feel like I say that every episode. So it's not like <laughs> it's not like everybody's an expert on it. Like it's pretty new to most of these characters, even the characters who have the abilities. So they but might how, just not then... be aware. Whereas the Helmicrons, they're a completely different species. They're just built to where it's something that they can see. Huh. Those annoying little fuckers. Yeah, they're horrendous. They're like I. I don't. I like. I like. Just. I do not understand anything that I. I read though. For some reason, when they were explaining why they followed dead leaders, I was like, you know what? That kind of tracks. This. Yeah. That was. I think the one thing in the book that made sense to me. I was like, ah, yes. If they're dead, they can't fuck up because <laughs> they're already dead. Well, just Excellent. wait till the next time we see them. I don't think I can mentally handle the Helmicrons <laughs> again. I'm trying I, to remember what book that was. They were a lot to to process, and I don't, I don't appreciate it at all because they're, um, as Marco put it, they are just a a society of Rachels, which was amusing to me. Um, but it's it's I mean it's such an overdone sci-fi trope mm -hmm. where the, like it's just you know the like the blatant sexism. But then it's just, you know, the women are in charge and the men are like it actually it flashed me back to I don't oh, I'm you probably have never seen this show. So this might be a very quick conversation. Um, it flashed me back to an episode of Sliders, if you remember or have heard of that show at all. Not familiar. Moving on. <laughs> it's I mean, it's it's just it's a done. Con it's a. It's it's been done before. I'm pretty sure probably Star Trek has done it. because There's a few. Star Trek references because apparently the Helmicron ship looks a lot like a, a Romulan ship, which mm -hmm. honestly I wouldn't know what that looked like if you were to smack me in the face with it. So who knows? Nope. Really sticking with my theme of being mad. I know that, and I think we, we're pretty sure we've discussed it on a recording at some point. I know that the the KA Applegate does not pick the titles for the books, but I apparently the the editor at Scholastic that decided on the name for this book was just as lazy as they were writing it because <laughs> the suspicion makes no sense. To, I mean, this isn't the first time that I've like sat and like looked at a title and then read the book and been like, what fucking logic did we follow to get from point A to point B here? Cause I'm not seeing it, but this one just takes the goddamn cake. Like no one's suspicious everyone's just angry perhaps the book should have just been called the suspicious because this whole plot is suspicious <laughs> wow wow just <laughs> just wow you that that is that is the joke that you made <laughs> <laughs> you you went ahead with that and I mean, the only thing that really like stood out for me, other than all of that rage, uh, was um, Tiny Bird Tobias sitting on Rachel's shoulder. I found that amusing. <laughs> so, I mean, we've seen him normal size sitting on her shoulder. But now he's Tiny Tobias on her shoulder. So that's that's cute for them. And uh, what else? Cassie and Rachel go to the beach. 
Cassie freaks out about Jake seeing her in a bathing suit, but like y'all are in like skin tight clothing all the time. It's I Yeah, also they both went to a pool party in Megamorphs one. They did they do not... that. They did do that. I mean, I guess if they weren't in the pool yet, they might not have changed, but I don't I've if we're we're so far gone from Megamorphs one that I can't remember <laughs> much of the pool party scene other than the house getting blown up. Yeah, that's basically all it was. And then I guess I it's Cassie book, which I mean, I, this really could have been anyone's book, I guess, because I mean, other than Cassie, like suddenly being OK with like straight up swallowing a a bunch of Helmicrons, there's there's just. There's, I mean, granted, like they're so obnoxious, I'd be like, yeah, let's let's wipe them out as quickly as possible. Get a can of raid. Let's do this. <laughs> Um, yeah. I'm I'm struggling I'm struggling to to fill this episode now. This is Yeah, no, like... I was literally just thinking that too. It this this book is just <laughs> my biggest problem with this book is that it literally doesn't I don't think it does anything for the series overall other than introduce the Helmicrons, which I can only assume uh KA Applegate and Michael Grant just thought was like an amusing concept and that's why they wrote about it. But it's there's just nothing that happens in this book has any effect on anything that happens before or after this. I don't think any of the characters really go through any kind of like character development, even with the Helmicrons coming back, that didn't need to happen either. And that <laughs> book will have, there'll be a little bit more to talk about thankfully in that one, but even still. Yeah. Cause I mean, especially since we're, we're coming off of the David trilogy, we're coming off of um, Tobias you know, finding out that Alfangor is really his father. And, like, we get a passing mention of David, just because Cassie has to explain to us, the reader, about the Escafil device. Mm -hmm. um, but either Tobias has not mentioned to anybody what went down in the lawyer's office after he found out, or, like, I... Like, none of the trauma that we should be seeing from any of them from the last few books is appearing. Like, the whole David thing should have left a pretty significant mark on all of them. Especially, like, Rachel, who, you know, had to listen to this guy screaming in her head as she dropped him on a deserted island. And it's just, there's so much preposterous crap going on that it's like, what, like, what... What the, what is this Tom fuckery going on? Please, somebody explain <laughs> this to me. Because if it wasn't like weird, like horribly unrealistic science, it was just weird shenanigans of like Axe and Cassie's dad, and like ah, and Canadianese, like that that happened. That is a thing that they decided needed to be in this book. What did you just say? Which part did you not hear? The very last. Uh, Canadian ease when Canadian ease. That is. Uh, don't. Does Axe say that? Axe says that out loud to Cassie's oh, father. Oh yeah. Okay, I remember right now. I was. I thought I was having a stroke. I was like, "Why did it? Is it not Canadian?" Okay, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm following. <laughs> <laughs> it was just such a stupid moment because Axe, Axe had to quickly morph and so he hid and as Cassie's dad was coming like he pops out and 
podcast. His dad's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and he's like, ah, and he like, I forget what country he said, but it was like some asinine country that they couldn't possibly be from. And I mean, apparently Cassie's dad loves geography because Axe named like four different places that he was supposedly from. And Cassie's dad's like, uh, are you though? We'll just settle on Canada. <laughs> and Axe's like, yeah, yes, I am Canadianese. And after they all leave, Cassie's dad is like, fuck that kid hanging out with my daughter. I'm going to have a talk with her about that. The fuck is he on? He's high on sugar, Cassie's father, from the Cinnabunza. Even Seropedia just like has nothing to say about this book. They're just like, yeah, here's the basic facts. Don't read this. <laughs> <laughs> you could have skipped this one and it would have been perfectly fine. Well, uh, thank y'all for listening to whatever the fuck this episode was. Um, <laughs> I Don't even edit it. Just post it. It's that was my plan. Because if, <laughs> if I edit it, it's going to be two minutes long. It's going to be your introduction and then be like, yeah, that happened. Well, thanks. Like that's. Thank you all so much for listening again to whatever the fuck this was. Um... <laughs> if you got through this episode, you're a truly loyal listener, and we appreciate you. Yay! Uh, next week we will be. <laughs> Hold on. Try this again. Thank you so much for listening. Next week we'll be discussing book twenty-five, The Extreme. If you'd like to read along, check out the show notes for a link to download the entire series for free on PDF. The graphic novel of The Invasion is now available wherever you buy books, and the graphic novel of The Visitor is available for pre-order. Links to both of those are in the show notes as well. New episodes of The Millennial Agenda are available every Monday with new Animorphs editions each Friday. You can find The Millennial Agenda all over your favorite social media on Instagram and Facebook as The Millennial Agenda and Millennial AG Pod on Twitter. You can now support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com. Or you can head over to the Hot Mess Press Co. on Etsy for official Millennial Agenda merchandise, including some fun Animorph stuff. Thank you to the person who bought something today. One of these days, I'll remember to actually just like write their name down and say, you're going to shout this person out, but I'm not going to do it today because fuck me. Um, I also don't think of it until I'm already talking. Yep. Please be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform, including Apple Music and... Uh, Amazon, I think, is the other one. You can listen on Audible. Find us there. Give us a little five starry stars, and uh, we'll all go about our day and have a good life. It'll, it's it's good for your health to rate and review podcasts, particularly this one. Five stars. Until next time, y'all. Happy reading. Oh, you think I just have ingredients lying around ready to be put together into a quesadilla? It's a tortilla and some cheese. And I don't have either of those things. How do you not have cheese? Because my body doesn't like eating milk and cheese and dairy, so I don't... Neither I, does I, mine, I but my house is full anymore. of cheese. Cheese is... Cheese is <laughs> oh, but you can't have cheese anymore, but you're going to go have a quesadilla from Taco Bell? I didn't say it was going to be good for me.